to episode 22 of the Rodders Podcast. Of course, I am your host, Mr. Josh Lewis, the guy behind rawautos.com. Uh, I'm going to jump right in because I've got a hell of a story for you this week. It's it's rather crazy. Uh, last week, A lot has happened since last week, last Sunday, I told you I wanted to buy this E46 M3, right? Found one in Illinois. Really, really liked it. Uh, great looking car. Mystic Blue, one of very few cars uh, in America with that color. It was an SMG car that was turned into a manual, had the competition package, which wasn't exactly my favorite idea. It was a 2005, I believe, right? And um, I liked the competition package, but it didn't have it or it didn't have you know an e46 it didn't have cruise control right i know that sounds stupid to some but realistically when you're driving any car and i drive a lot of distance miles on my cars um and so i just didn't really want to have a car with no cruise control uh even my shelby has cruise control and uh so yeah, so I, I really just wasn't interested in that. Uh, haven't been, and that's one of the reasons why I've never really looked seriously at the uh, at the competition package M3s. But so much has changed because I was talking to my dad, uh, and this whole process, right? This whole time, I've been bouncing ideas off my dad and off my brother because both of them. I feel as though kind of help keep me grounded in a sense, right? Uh, my buddy Rob, I bounce a lot of ideas off him, but Rob doesn't really care about these cars. So if I spend $20, it's overkill, right? So uh, I, I bounce a lot of ideas off my, my dad and my brother because they've gone through the process of buying, you know, classic cars or collector cars or specialty cars, right? Uh, because I, I love the E46 M3. It's one of my dream cars. And it's funny, it's, it's one of the most, over my lifetime, it's been one of the most uh, easily a, uh, attainable cars that I've had, right? Uh, I had an E90 M3. I could have just gone and gotten an E46 M3. Uh, I had a 997-911 Carrera S. I could have just gone and gotten an E46 M3. Um, but it's been a car that I've loved for a long time. And, and I finally decided, you know what? I'm going to look a little bit more seriously, right? So, of course, last week I talked to you about that one car that was in Illinois. Uh, I I showed it to my brother and my dad, and they both liked it. The biggest issue that I had was the fact that it was in, in Illinois, right? So, I'd have to contact the owner, um, start a dialogue, um, you know, maybe send a deposit so that way he kind of, you know, keeps it as a pending sale, right? Uh, I'd have to get it to a dealership or some type of mechanic, to look it over uh preferably i'd like to go up and drive it like go check it out myself um and i'd have to of course fly up there to sign paperwork to you know uh get the title and do whatever else right and, and i'd have to go to my local dmv to get stuff to be able to take with me so i have some sort of you know uh some sort of uh um, special plate you know, to, to bring with me, or in some cases you can actually drive the car back with the plate that's on it, um, register it in your home state and then ship that plate back to the state. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the, all that stuff just gets kind of crazy. Uh, it was a $24,000 car. Uh, I, I wanted to try and see if I could get it for under 20, right? See if I get it for about 18, five or 19,000. Um, why? 
well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, you know, of course, with the coronavirus, I'd like to get a decent deal on a car. Um, I do think cars have, uh, I think have the E46 M3 especially, has jumped up in value at a sudden pace uh, because of cars on Bring a Trailer, right? Uh, cars have been for sale for the past few years, and, and they've just gone nuts, you know, and that drives me crazy. Because not that I don't like Bring a Trailer. I think we all go to Bring a Trailer and we all uh, we all drool over all their cars. But in the end, it's it's funny because I, I, I think of Bring a Trailer as the modern-day Barrett-Jackson. Barrett-Jackson has always done a very great job of selling cars. And some of those cars, they hyped up a lot and were hyped up a ton. And so it brought certain cars into the you know, stratosphere of values. You know, you look at anything that was a, a challenger, a charger, a, 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 a Cuda, you know, a, anything of that, um, you know, Capo Camaros and, you know, uh, 427, uh, you know, 435 Corvettes and, you know, with the L88, just all these crazy cars, right? Um, and then, of course, they're gone in 60 seconds, what it did for the GT500 from the from the late 60s, uh, a car that, in my opinion, is not, I, I, not that I don't care about it, not that I don't like it, but it's just not as interesting to me. I want a 65 or a 66 GT350, an actual race car, you know, for the road. So anyway, regardless of all that, my point being is that bring a trailer, I think it it's obviously a very successful business, very successful site. People love it. People love to sell their cars on there. But I think sometimes it creates a, or it, it, uh, um, advances a, uh, non-justifiable value. And I call these, you know, artificial or superficial values for some of these cars. And I've been saying for a while that I thought the coronavirus would bring some of these cars back down to reality, right? We would see which cars were actually worth the money towards the end of this and which cars weren't. And so, uh, and I think that the E46 M3 is worth money. I think the biggest problem is, is that a lot of these cars have hard driven miles on them, right? Uh, they have a lot of, they don't have a lot of issues, but they have very specific issues. You know, you've got the Vanos, you've got uh, the cylinders, you've got um, the valves, you have the rod bearings, and you have the um, rear subframe. And so these things can add up. And if you're not willing to pony up the money to check it out first, and it, it, it is expensive, it gets pricey, it gets pricey quickly. And I'll let you know how much I spent uh, doing this for a car that I was looking at because it, you're investing in it, right? You're investing in, in your happiness with it. I, I, this whole time I've been talking about getting an E46 M3 and I call it my fun investment. It's fun now. That, that'll be an investment later, potentially, you know, hopefully. I love these cars. I genuinely love them, appreciate them so much, okay? So, uh, fast forward again, a little bit, tiny amount. Um, you know, the podcast went live last Monday, um, which, by the way, this is episode 22 going live on the 22nd of June, 2020. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, my wife and I this week are actually celebrating our second wedding anniversary, uh, not that that matters to anybody. Um, also, happy Juneteenth. Uh, there's been a whole political thing about that. Um, but uh, by the way, I just, I 
knew what Juneteenth was. Um, I actually, I, that, well, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that at every time. Anyway, uh, the point being is that, uh, happy Juneteenth to, to people, happy Father's Day, uh, and happy anniversary to my wife this week. So anyway, so last week when the podcast went live, um, on Monday, the 15th, that day or the 16th, I can't remember, I had talked to my dad and he said, hey, why don't you try and find uh, a local car? And I was like, well, I really, you know, I've been on cars.com, car gurus, eBay, Facebook marketplace, auto trader. And I really hadn't found a local car that was under 100,000 miles uh, and that was in, in a condition and at a price that I thought was uh, realistic. Uh, a lot of these cars are not realistic in terms of value. Uh, people want twenty and $25,000 for a car with 120,000 miles. Um, I've seen it on eBay, seen it on autotraderscars.com, car gurus, um, and you know, of course, Facebook and, and Craigslist and everything. But what's weird is that I hadn't really checked Craigslist yet. So that's kind of odd for me. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'll do that. Okay, yeah, I'll call you back later. And I, uh, what, Monday or Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah. The 16th. I found this car. It's a local car. And by the way, I will conceal names. I'm not saying any names uh, just to protect the innocent here. Uh, I'm not giving any real specifics um, of the car, you know, so you're not going to be able to, you know, um, uh, hopefully won't be able to necessarily find it and screw with the uh, the person um, that owns it. I, I don't want any of that. I just want to make that clear. I'm not trying to uh, disparage this person or uh, call them out for anything, you know, and, and make people uh, think badly or go after this person. That's that's a ridiculous thing. Um, I don't believe in retribution. I think that's stupid. And so just with that being said, just remember that. Uh, so I, I don't want anybody going and finding this car and finding this person and, you know, trying to, you know, make this a, a hellish incident or situation for the owner of this car. All right. Now that we've got that out of the way. Uh, so the 16th, find this car. Really like it. It's a local car. Uh, literally down the street. Uh, about 15 miles away. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the color. It's black, black interior. Black interior is fine, but just it was jet black exterior, which is okay. But I've had jet black cars before. Just kind of tired of the whole black thing, right? I've done that uh, for cars. Um, the color for cars, not black people, just the black thing for cars. Just kind of over that. Uh, and then um, also I noticed in the pictures, it didn't seem to have the Harden, the Harden Kardon sound system, whichever, if I recall correctly, it was a like a $500,000 or 500,000, a $500 option. I mean, and, uh, so it didn't have that, but I thought, you know, that's not too big video. Oh, well, uh, but it was a manual. Um, it had, you know, it ticked the right boxes. The only thing I would have liked for it to have had was of course, Harmer Carden. And then of course, um, um, navigation. Why? Because I was going to put a non-factory, uh, navigation system in it that had Apple CarPlay uh, from a company called Avon, Avon Avent 4, I think is what it's called. Uh, really cool system. Um, I, I mean, I was going to go to the whole nines, putting a backup camera, a front camera, 
having the backup in the front camera, uh, the rear camera, and the front camera camera actually being recorded at all times. Uh, so I, I was going to go the whole nine with this car, right? I was going to really enjoy it. Um, the car had just under a hundred thousand miles. So it met my criteria, right? Uh, car was for sale for 18,000. Um, I thought, okay, you know, this is not bad. All right, let's, let's go for it. Let's check it out. Email the guy on Wednesday. Now, uh, I was, that Wednesday was kind of interesting because so the previous week, uh, I have two dogs and two cats, right? And one of my cats, um, we just adopted a little kitten that we found in the neighbor in the neighborhood. We had taken that kitten. Uh, his name is Pryor. We had taken him to the vet. Uh, he had gotten, he's recently gotten his shots and he got tested for FIV and he tested negative, which is great. Um, so he was able to be around our, uh, three-year-old cat and that's excellent. And they've been playing, they've been having a good time and, you know, sometimes a little rough housing here and there. So, uh, our cat, Ollie, our older cat, well, she's only three, she's not older, but, uh, she got a case of conjunctivitis, uh, the previous week, uh, not this past week, but the week prior. So I took her to the vet. Um, and, uh, checked her out and gave me, gave me some medication to put in her eye, but they said, otherwise she was fine. And they, they loved her. I mean, everybody loves Ollie cause Ollie is a, Ollie thinks and acts like she's a dog. Uh, she loves people. She loves to be picked up and held. She loves to be kissed. She loves to be, you know, really fawned over in a sense. Right. Uh, she actually sleeps with me pretty much every night, uh, in the bed and she's hilarious. She's an awesome, awesome cat. And she gets along really well with our two dogs. So uh, I had been giving her a medication. I had noticed over the weekend she was very lethargic, but she was still eating a little bit, still drinking. And I figured it was still drinking water. I uh, figured it was her medication, you know, and the conjunctivitis was just getting on her nerves, right? Um, Monday, Tuesday, she, she was a little bit more lethargic. And I just hadn't noticed her eat or drink anything on Tuesday. Uh, but I already had an appointment, a checkup for her on Wednesday. So I took her to that Wednesday morning and I thought, I'm sure she's fine. You know, it's probably just, she's got, you know, this conjunctivitis is still just in her system and it's probably, you know, between the medicine and the conjunctivitis, she's probably tired and, you know, just annoyed, frustrated. Right. So, uh, I emailed the guy while I'm waiting. So the vet, uh, situations here in North Carolina, basically you wait outside, you call your vet, they come out and get your animal, they go inside and, you know, then they call you with all the updates and whatever else sitting outside. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to email this guy at this whole point. I am, I have been about 65% sure that I was actually going to seriously buy a car, right? Uh, a lot of times I talk about it, but it's just when I go to do it, I think, you know, no, I can spend the money on other things or I could save the money or invest the money or do whatever. Right. I, I think of all the other things that could be that are more important than buying a second car. Uh, my car is paid off my Shelby. My wife's car is not far from being paid off. I think we owe like 8,000 on it. Right. And she has a 2019 GL, a Jetta GLI. So both of our cars, mine's paid off. Hers is nearly paid off. And so when, you know, when you think about getting an extra car, you think about, you know, the insurance, the monthly maintenance, you know, gas, tires, clutch, you know, all these things, right. All these goodies. Um, so I love the idea of getting another car. 
You know, I always think, oh, I'll get a Miata or, oh, I'll get an E36 M3 or, oh, I'll buy this E28 M5 or, you know, whatever, you know, or this, oh, this C4 ZR1 or this C5 Z06, all these cars, right? And uh, I never do it mainly because I just, as much as I want them, I think, I just think about how irresponsible it would be, you know? Spending because my whole thing is I'm not going to take I don't want to take out a loan on these cars Right, and it's also harder To take out a loan on a used car. That's 20 years old or 30 or 40 years old, right? Uh, Depending not always right, but it can get a little frustrating get a little annoying so Anyway, so I go ahead and I email this guy, right? I'm um, I'm emailing him. I, I give him my phone number and I said, you know, I'm very serious uh, and I, w- I would like to talk about it. You know, give me a call, whatever. Uh, uh, he calls me. Um, I figured it was him, but I wasn't positive because it was an out-of-state uh, area code. So <clears throat> I was talking with the vet on the phone. Um, they were telling me Ollie still had some conjunctivitis and that they were checking on her, blah, 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 right? So they said, sit tight, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, okay. Cool. I call this guy back. You know, I apologize. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm actually at the vet. You know, and he's like, oh, okay. You know, no problem. So we start talking about the car. Uh, We start talking for about 30, 45 minutes about cars and, you know, what I do as a journalist and what he does and whatnot. I have to hang up because the vet is calling me back. The vet calls me and tells me that Ollie has a 104.7 fever, that it is, it is deadly serious, right? Um, she needs to be admitted to the hospital. And I'm like, oh my God, holy shit. So that's immediately, I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm thinking about Ollie, right? Uh, you know, what is, what had happened? What has gone wrong? Why is she, why does she have a fever? You know, why, why is she sick? You know, they said because of potentially with prior with a young, young kitten, especially one that came from outdoors that we just found in, in, uh, uh, essentially in tall weeds, Um, that maybe, you know, uh, that he gave her a respiratory infection and she's been fending it off for the past months, but now it's just really caught up. Right. So I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I am, I am decently freaking out because this is my cat. This is my first cat. Ollie is my first cat and I love her to death, right? I've never had a cat before, but I treat her like a dog. I mean, the only thing she doesn't do is walk on a leash. Um, but we tried. She just wasn't interested. Um, and so this is, this is taking precedent. And so I don't call the guy back for hours. Um, and then my wife convinces me to do it. She's like, Josh, just call him back. Talk to him. Get your mind off of Ollie. She's going to be fine. You know, she's a, she's a young, healthy cat. Um, and even the doctor told me that, you know, she's young. She's, you know, overall very healthy. So I doubt there's really any serious issues, but we're going to check everything out. Right. And at that moment, you know, I have to put a deposit down of $1,300 and you're just like, oh my God. You know, and I'm thinking about buying a $20,000 car or whatever, you know, and I'm like, no way, this is, this is more important right now. So my wife convinces me, just call the guy, talk to him. I tell him, I call him, apologize for it being hours, uh, you know, hours later. And I say, look, you know, this is what happened with my cat. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And so we started talking again. We talked at this point for an hour and a half. Okay. Got off the phone and we had decided 
that uh, I was going to come the following morning or the following afternoon, uh, just after lunch to come check out the car. Um, I told him I was going to wear a mask and I was going to use hand sanitizer for my protection and his. Um, obviously the mask isn't really for my protection. It's more for his in case I have, uh, COVID-19, uh, symptoms or I have COVID-19 in general. I don't know it. So anyway, so, um, uh, we talked, he said he was willing to pay for, uh, pay half for a pre-purchase inspection, otherwise known as a PPI. And I was like, great. That's, you know, Hey, that's, that's really nice. I, he, he's just swearing up and down as the best car I'll find and at the best value, best price. I'm like, great. This is awesome. You know, excellent. A guy who is taking the value of his car seriously, doesn't think it's overvalued, but you know, it's in perfect condition, right? Ask him, what's the paint like? And he says eight and a half, eight and a half, maybe even nine. Wow. Okay, great. You know, this is fantastic. He's like, it's obviously been garage kept. Um, the rubber seals and, and, you know, door jams, everything is perfect, right? Um, great. Nothing leaks. Excellent. There's no smell. Fantastic. Um, or no smells, you know, from the car driving or whatever, uh, clutches, he said probably 75%, maybe even 80%. And he said, it's in great shape, right? Excellent. This is fantastic. Makes me happy. He sends me uh, the same photos that are in the Craigslist ad, but um, much more clear, right? So I can actually get a zoom in and get a better visual. Now, at this point, I've been hoping that, you know, maybe possibly the car had Harman Kardon, uh, but the door speakers had been, or the little tweeters in the, the door with the little Harman Kardon badge, maybe they had been uh, changed at some point uh, because of something. But you can always tell because on the center console, there are a series of buttons underneath of the radio and HVAC controls. And if it had Harman Kardon, you would see a speaker sign that you turn on and off. You can push off. Uh, I don't know why you were able to turn it off, but you were. You were able to push a little button and it would turn the speakers, the Harman Kardon speakers off. I think it was actually the Harman Kardon subwoofer, I think is what it actually turned off. So anyway, so... Um, you know, it obviously doesn't have Harman Kardon. Okay, you know, bummer. I would have liked that as an original option. That would have been kind of neat. Uh, but it didn't have it. No big deal. You know, I was anticipating on probably putting, um, you know, an aftermarket system. Nothing crazy because I, I don't care about, you know, thumping and bumping my car. That doesn't really matter. I just want a clear audio system, right? So I'd already thought about this before. I thought, eh, okay, whatever. My biggest thing is I wanted a car as original as possible, right? Um, and that's just for the the sake of just originality over the next, you know, 10, 20 years of having the car. I, I anticipated having this car for the rest of my life, right? I wanted to keep it. I wanted to keep it and the Shelby and have both of them together. I love both cars. So uh, one of the things the guy had told me in my conversation with him that the car had he's the second owner and the first owner had traded it into a Honda dealership and the first owner had a bike rack on the trunk. And so we had these two, you know, these two points bolted into the, the trunk lid. Um, so he had that taken off and he replaced it with a different, with a new trunk, right? A uh, new trunk lid. And I said, Oh, okay. Okay. All right. And I said, do you have the original trunk lid? And he said, no, I, I don't have it anymore. I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. All right, okay. And I said, well, I, two reasons I would have liked to have kept it. One, um, 
I would have liked to have had it just for the originality, you know, of the car. Uh, number two, my wife bikes. She has a, a road bike and hey, could have just put the trunk on. And even though she has a bike carrier for her car, we could put the trunk on and let her use the bike carrier on that car, right? On the M3. But, you know, okay, whatever. No big deal. I go to visit the car Thursday morning or th- Thursday afternoon. And good news is I pick up my cat, Ollie, Thursday morning. Over uh, the course of Tuesday or uh, um, Wednesday morning or Wednesday evening, sorry, Wednesday afternoon and Wednesday evening, her fever went down to normal and she started eating and everything was good. Fantastic, right? So already my Thursday is getting better. Okay, so I pick her up Thursday morning, bring her home, hang out with her for a little bit, check her out, make sure she's okay. Uh, she likes to pee and poop outside in our in our backyards. We have a fenced-in yard. And so that's what uh, she did. I took her out. She peed and pooped in the backyard. Great. You know, awesome. Bring her back inside. Make Again, make sure she's okay. She's doing well. She's eating. She's okay. Great. She's drinking water. Fantastic. Even better. Give her kisses. Give her lots of love. Uh, and I head off uh, to go have some lunch with my wife. Uh, and uh, so we go have lunch. She's talking to me about the car. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I'm just trying to temper my expectations and just, you know, hold myself down. You know, essentially just keep myself grounded. You know, not go crazy. She's like, well, good, 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 good. Okay, yeah. I said, well, what do you think? You know, this is our money. You know, my wife has a thing where it's, you know, it's my money or it's her money or it's, you know, not in a mean way, not like this is my money. I could do whatever the hell I want. But just in a sense of like, you know, like if I have the money to spend on it, well, just spend, you know, go, if, if you want something, go and buy it. You know, you don't have to tell me or it's not my business. I'm like, well, of course it is your business, You're my wife, you know, and especially something that is such a, of, of big importance. I mean, this is a, a valuable thing and uh, it's a valuable car, but also it's something that we're going to be able to enjoy and have fun with before it really becomes valuable. Right. Um, and that's why I call it my fun investment fun now for the next however many years. And then later it'll be an investment. It'll be worth just, you know, having and, and driving a little bit. And, uh, my whole goal with all these cars that are fun investments, which is my Shelby and what could have been with the E46 M3. Um, my idea is enjoy them because yeah, one day they're going to be worth money, but right now they're not, <laughs> they're worth a marginal amount of money and you should enjoy them. So I go Thursday afternoon. I go to this guy's house, meet him at his house. And I pull up uh, in the Shelby and uh, he's a nice guy. Hello. Uh, he's not wearing a mask, nor does he offer to wear a mask. Okay, whatever. I just stay my, my distance from him, right? Uh, I'm wearing my mask and, uh, and he opens up his garage and there she is right there. The E46 M3. And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, and he is his dog. He's a little puppy and his dog gets out, um, of the house. And so he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me go get my dog real quick. Okay. No problem. So I start looking around the car, just checking it out. I noticed the front bumper is the bottom half of the front bumper looks awful. Like somebody has sprayed it with, you know, spray paint. looks awful. looks terrible. It's all texturized and roughed up and it's very weird, you know, and it's just does not look good. And so I'm thinking to myself, he told me this is an eight and a half, but I guess what he meant was eight and a half feet 
you know, an eight and a half footer. It looked good from eight and a half feet, not from, you know, five feet, six feet, even, um, that was, that was weird. It didn't look good. Uh, he walks up, puts his dog inside and he says, Hey, you know, here's what's, you know, here's the car. And, and, you know, so, uh, he says, Oh, well there, by the way, there's a little problem with the paint on the front bumper. And I'm like, yeah, I noticed that I was going to ask about that. And he goes, yeah, the original owner, I guess had it, you know, repainted or whatever. I was like, Oh, okay. All right. No big deal. Uh, we'll figure it out, you know, but in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, that's a, you know, four or $500, whatever, you know? And he goes, well, the guy that I had, uh, paint the trunk, I I can give you his information and, and I can have, you know, he can repaint it for you. He only did my trunk for about 400 bucks. So, okay, cool. You know? Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll talk about it. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, start looking around again at the car and he goes, Oh, by the way, the tires are a little dry rotted. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's been sitting for a while, whatever. Now I noticed that the, in the Carfax, I pulled the Carfax, uh, the night before. And I noticed in the Carfax that the person who owned it before had moved to a different state. Um, obviously they had driven it very little. Uh, what was interesting is that for a period of like five years, right? There's just a, on the Carfax, just list, you know, registration renewed or issued, whatever, you know, same thing for like five years. And then all of a sudden when it, when it goes, uh, when it's gone, when it's for sale or when it, you know, is traded into this dealership where this gentleman bought it from, uh, the second owner, uh, it, it the mileage jumped like five or 6,000 miles, which I thought was interesting because there are no service records for that point. Right. So, you know, I thought, okay, well, you know, when it came to, when he told me that the tires were a little dry rot, I said, okay, well, you know, maybe this is guy or the gal, whoever owned it, drove very little. And, you know, when they moved and no big deal, but he said it had just been checked at a dealership, a local dealership, and that it had five thirty seconds of, uh, of an inch of tread depth. So I'm looking at the front rear tires and okay, you know, it's got a few thousand miles, three to 5,000 miles really before they go. Uh, and before on Wednesday, he had sent me pictures of a, uh, of an invoice from that dealership, uh, that showed that the, a Takata airbag recall had been performed on this car. Awesome. You know, great. Okay. New airbags. All right. So that that's working, right? Obviously. Um, and he's like, well, you want to go for a drive? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Right. Get in the car. Uh, we go for a drive. I'm, you know, just kind of driving it normally through his neighborhood just to let it warm up a little bit get out on the road and drive it you know a little bit harder go out on some back roads drive a little bit harder i could tell the tire i could definitely tell the tires are quite dry rotted um they're they're definitely definitely not that usable right um usable to the point that maybe to go get gas or groceries but anything else is potentially dangerous right uh, so, okay. They're not the greatest tires, but that's fine. I had budgeted, you know, f- to basically my whole principle was that I had $25,000 to spend on a car, right? So I wanted to try and find something under, hopefully under 20, preferably even under 18,000. So that way I had money left over to do, you know, extreme maintenance, uh, because these cars can have some serious issues. Uh, and also by this point, they are, you know, 20 years old, going on 20 years old. Um, 
and they're going to have paint issues. So I would like to have some of the paint correction done, you know, whether they be touch ups or, you know, a really good uh, paint correction, uh, wash and wax sort of thing. Um, and of course there's going to be, you know, if the rear subframe hasn't been reinforced, I'd like to spend money to reinforce that. Uh, just future proof the car, right? Change the, you know, all the, the rubber out, all the plastics, all the hoses and belts and everything. Just get myself ahead of the curve, right? Make sure that I'm, I'm at a good point in the next year or two where I don't have these issues for the next five or 10 years, hopefully. Right. Um, so perform whatever maintenance needs to be done or whatever else. Right. So I was hoping for a car under 20 specifically for that reason. So I take the car for a drive, you know, as we're driving, I'm, you know, he's talking to me, he's telling me that the car is great. It's perfect. And I'm like, okay. You know, <laughs> um, it dealership tactics, right? Uh, obviously this guy has done this in the past with, uh, with dealerships or whatever. And I'm just, you know, I used to sell cars, so I'm just, I'm blocking it out. Right. Just, I, I'm focusing on the drive. Uh, we get on a highway and, you know, we talk a little bit and, just checking things out. Well, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a little chirping sound comes from underneath of the driver's uh, dashboard, right? So underneath of the steering wheel area. Can't figure that out. Don't know what the hell it is. Uh, he looks it up on his phone, and it is a an ECU DME uh, blower. Okay, it's a little tiny fan. Actually, looks like a really mini uh, turbocharger. It's kind of cute. Uh, but basically it goes and it, it hooks onto the, uh, ECU and the DME, the control units, and it just keeps them cool. Right. So once it starts chirping, it means that it either needs to be replaced or greased or whatever. So I, I had read later online that if you grease it, take it apart and grease it, uh, clean it, that it could last you about another five months. Right. But if you want to replace it, you're looking at $120 for a factory OEM version. Okay which is what I would replace it with, right? So 120 bucks and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, 120 bucks, you know, I've budgeted for all these things, no big deal, right? Um, and uh, budgeted for the tires, that was gonna be another seven or 800 bucks, right? Okay, so I've already budgeted for these things. Well, I tell him, you know, I like the car, uh, but I wanna make an appointment with um, uh, the local BMW dealership uh, I had actually talked to him about this on Wednesday he, when he said that he was going to, he would be willing to pay half of the PPI. Okay, cool. Uh, I had actually called, talked to the dealership on Wednesday, but their computer system went down. And so they told me that they would be calling me back Thursday. They call me back Thursday morning. Uh, they have scheduled me for uh, a 2 p.m. appointment on Friday uh, to bring a car in. Awesome. Uh, I do call them back and I said, Hey, you know, actually I would like more than a PPI done. I'd like a leak down and a compression test done. Uh, okay. Well, we're going to have to move your appointment to 10 AM because that will take longer. Right. Uh, we have kind of a full day, so it'll actually kind of take kind of the full day. Right. I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. I had talked to the owner and he said, that's no problem. Whatever needs to be done, blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay, great. At this point, my buddy Rob is very pissed at me that I'm going to spend all this money to have these tests done. He wants me to find an independent shop. But the problem is there's just a, there's such a short window of time that all this is happening. Um, and I, I don't, it, I don't know as many people in the area as I used to when it came to, you know, aftermarket shops or, or you know, German shops or whatever cars, people that specialize in, in E46 M3s. So I didn't feel like trying to do a deep dive on shop local shops trying to figure out 
what was the best one for the car, right? And then shop prices, and I'm trying to make sure that my cat's okay, and you know, make sure that uh, uh, the car drives okay, and I'm talking to the owner, and blah blah blah, right? So I don't want to do, I don't want to have to do even more work than I'm already doing, because already in the past two days, I've done a ton of work uh, to make sure you know that this car is up to snuff. I've done a ton of googling about the VIN number just to check it out, uh, the VIN decoder. Um, of course, the Carfax, I've done research on, okay, what I would need to potentially repair, replace, or modify, uh, what I'd like to do. I mean, I have a, I had screenshots and carts full of stuff. You know, I had thousands of dollars spent, or I hadn't spent it, I hadn't spent it yet, but I had it sitting there basically waiting for me to click, you know, uh, spend of sorts, right? Check out. So, um... I come back home Thursday afternoon after driving the car, um, have a nice time driving it, and he offers to um, he offers to let me take it home. I'm back at home, and he says, you know, if you want to, you can come back to my house, pick it up, take it to your house, and then uh, just drive it to the dealership in the morning. That way, you have more time with the car. Right? This adds up to the to the story later in the story. Um, Earlier, I had noticed uh, that the uh, tags were expired, that it was still on a temporary sticker, um, and he had had it for a year. So that was kind of weird, but I said, okay, all right. And I asked him, hey, what's the deal with this? And he said, oh, the stickers are somewhere in the house. You know, it's uh, just moved basically, you know, and, and it's somewhere inside, and, you know, with the title. Okay, cool. You know, no big deal, whatever. Um, I'm with him in the car, so I'm thinking, okay, you know, the the car is in his name, you know, he's in the car. If we get pulled over, you know, whatever, it's his ticket, right? But I did tell him that in order to take the car to the dealership, because I said, I, you can take the car to the dealership if you want to, or I can come pick it up and drop it off. And he said, well, to give you more seat time in the car, just come and pick it up and take it. And you can have it for as long as you need, or you could drive it as much as you want, whatever. And I was like, you know, this is very gracious of him, very kind of him, right? Uh, but I said, look, uh, I would like to make a copy of your license. So I did. I took a picture of his license and made a photocopy of it. Uh, or not a photocopy, but printed a copy of it out. I asked him to leave the purchase paperwork in the um, in the glove box, which he did. He obliged. At this point, he tells me that uh, uh, that he has bought the that he paid sixteen thousand for the car, right? And he said, full, you know, full disclosure, I paid 16000 for the car. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't ask. I wasn't going to ask. Uh, but now that I have the paperwork, now that he knows that I have the paperwork essentially in the car and can look at it at any point, he has decided to come clean about that. Okay, fine. No big deal. Um, and then I write up a piece of paper uh, just with his name and saying that, that he, blah, 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 um, is allowing me to drive the car, uh, listing my name, the license plate of the car, the year, make, model, uh, and because this is for a potential sale, that I'm driving the car for a potential sale. Um, and by the way, it is a 2003 and a half. So it is a, it meets my criteria, 2003 and a half to 2006, which is what I preferred, but I would have taken a 2002 or early build 2003 car. Uh, if you don't know about the E46 M3s, basically they had um, 
Uh, a couple of factory recalls from 01 to 02. One being the subframe, obviously, which affected all of the cars um, uh, differently. Uh, if the cars were driven hard, whatever. Uh, and I don't mean differently, like each one had different, you know, symptoms. No, it was that depending on how hard you drove the car, if you tracked it or whatever, the subframe was, was more prone to cracking and being damaged. Uh, so some cars just didn't have that issue because they weren't being driven that hard and blah, blah, blah. Right. So, uh, in 2003 and a half in, for the, um, for those build cars, which is after February of 2003, they had upgraded rod bearings, which were an issue and a recall for 2001, 2002, 2003 was a part of that recall just in case, or not the recall, but the uh, extra warranty just in case, right? These cars also had a Vanos issue. Um, and now when driving this car, I didn't seem to hear nor notice any Vanos issues, right? Uh, didn't seem that this was a problem and I wasn't too worried, right? Power seemed great. Uh, transmission seemed fantastic. Wasn't too worried, okay? But it was a 2003 and a half, which is, again, slightly preferred, okay? Not a, not a deal breaker if it were an 02 or an early build 03, but just a preferred thing, right? Okay, whatever. Moving on. So I have him sign this document when I get to his house on Friday. He signs it willingly. Awesome. Have everything in my backpack in the car. Just to just in case, right? Uh, my brother's gonna pick me up from the dealership. Uh, we're gonna hang out for a little bit. He's gonna help me, you know, just kind of have something to do essentially because they're gonna have this car for hours, right? Well, Friday they just they have the car for basically all day long. It was quite crazy. Um, obviously they were busy. You know, no problem. I'm, I texted him a couple times. Hey, they still have the car. He said no problem, not a big deal. Okay. Well, I get the car. Uh, go get the car, and I show my brother because we're at the dealership and he, he hadn't seen it yet. So I'm talking to um, the, the service advisor who was helping me and um, she was telling me, you know, car checked out, you know, rather well, uh, didn't seem to be any, the, it, it passed the compression test, passed the leak down test and passed the PPI. Uh, I had asked them previously that morning, like, look, I'm looking to buy this car uh, as a fun investment, I told him what that meant. And I really need to make sure, especially that Venos has been done and that rear subframe has been done. There was something, you know, the rear subframe is in good shape, right? She assured me that the mechanic uh, had an E36 M3 that had like 500,000 miles on it um, that he sold to another mechanic. So, you know, he knows these cars really well. Excellent. Uh, E36 obviously is not the same as the E46, but E36 did also have subframe issues. So if you've had an E36, basically because of the subframe, you know what an E46 needs and you know basically what to look for, right? Awesome. Okay, so I get there, passed everything. Um, he didn't uh, necessarily check the Vanos because he said it sounded fine. Did did not... It didn't seem to be an issue because of just of sound. Um, and then uh, subframe was in good shape, right? No cracking that he could tell, right? So all said and done, $726.23. Now a lot of you are going to go, holy shit. And I totally understand. It is a crazy amount of money to spend, right? Um, and I spent extra because I wanted them to go through as much of that car as possible, right? Um, they even found a, a uh, chip in the windshield, which I didn't even notice. 
Um, so that's good. <laughs> Not a big deal, but they found it. Um, <clears throat> and awesome, right? So it's passed everything well, but they did say that, you know, hey, uh, just for the sake of uh, future proofing, uh, if you do buy the car, get some oil, send it off for an analysis, you know, particularly for the rod bearings, because this, you know, hey, upgraded rod bearings in these cars, but it could still present an issue, right, in the future. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, I talked to them about, you know, the potential value of the car, and they said, yep, yep, you know, everything looks good. You'll, you should be good to go. Okay, awesome. Great. Go out, check out the car with my brother. I showed him the uh, front bumper, and he's like, you know, man, this really kind of reminds me of something that the those, like GTR guys do with the texturized front bumpers, you know, and the like body panels and stuff. It's kind of weird. And it looked, it literally looked like somebody just took a rattle can to it. It's very weird. Um, we start looking around a little bit more. The a uh, couple of the wheels were a little, you know, had a little bit of damage. Nothing crazy, not a big deal, you know. Um, and we start looking at the trunk because I'm showing him the trunk, and I said, you know, it just kind of sucks because it doesn't have a factory M3 badge. It doesn't have an M3 badge on the back of it, so I gotta source that and put that on. Um, doesn't have a factory lip spoiler on it, so I gotta. Which some cars, uh, people just deleted them, and some cars, you know, people had them, whatever. Uh, so I'd have to put that on. Not expensive. I had already talked about maybe changing out the trunk for a CSL trunk anyway. I had already talked about potentially trading out the bumper for a CSL bumper, front bumper. Um, <clears throat> so th these things weren't deal breakers, right? But they were annoying. You know, it was going to cost me money. We start looking a little bit deeper. My brother's like, you know, there's trash in this paint. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Tra what the hell are you talking about? go start to look over and I'm going, Oh my God, there's like dust and debris, like just painted over on the trunk. Oh my God. So I'm, you know, feeling the, the bumps and stuff in there really is shit under the paint. Oh my God. And I'm like, huh? So I open up the trunk and I go, wait a second. This isn't even an OEM factory trunk. It's not a BMW trunk. It's a, just a, like a cheap knockoff, right? And Jason's like, oh my God, look, look at how terrible the job. They just basically, you know, did a quick spray inside of here. You could see the, essentially the body in white underneath of, you know, in the little holes of the, of the trunk. Uh, you could see just where it just was a, a shoddy job. I'm like, wow. Okay. So I go to close the trunk and I realize there are two crease marks where something has either in shipment or they drop something on the trunk and there are two crease marks that they've just basically painted over without fixing, without attempting to fix. Um, and as we close the trunk, we then notice that the rear bumper has been replaced. I mean, not replaced, but repainted to match the trunk, right? And so this gets me thinking like, wow, this kind of sucks. You know, there's $1,500 worth of paint that needs to be redone between the front bumper, rear bumper, and the trunk. And there's there's dust and debris in the, the rear bumper paint job, right? It's terrible. It's literally terrible. Terrible jobs, right? So I, I've got to... Now I'm thinking, okay, $1,500 to $2,000 already needs to be spent right off the top to repaint these three items. And that sucks. That's a pain in the ass. Earlier in the drive that morning when I was driving to the dealership, I went to put the uh, the windows, or I had the window down to say goodbye to the guy, and I went to put the window up um, a little bit later. I was I was listening to the car 
as I was driving out of the neighborhood and um, I went to put the window up as I was driving down the road and the the little square center console around the shifter came up in my hand from me putting the window up and I'm like what the hell that was weird uh, the so the new owner had wrapped the little center square area around the shifter and the and the um, the door pulls uh, he had wrapped them in this Alcantara like material you know no big deal but obviously he didn't and I didn't notice it on the drive before the day before but obviously he didn't you know push it down properly in the center so I just pulled over and just sat there and kind of you know worked it you know into the you know into place and made sure that it was it was good took a you know a few minutes whatever 10 minutes whatever just to kind of make sure because I was playing with it and and I couldn't pull it back up easily okay great you know and uh so anyway so <clears throat> I started talking to my brother about all this stuff and he's we're just kind of talking and the 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 owner has uh my brother pulls out a pack of pita bread from underneath the passenger seat okay no big deal whatever but then there's like a receipt then there's a receipt for um um uh an inspection in february and it just there's mail of his inside the car. It's just kind of weird, you know, just like all of a sudden we started finding all this stuff, right? Uh, but we did not find Jimmy Hoffa's body. I thought that was rather interesting. But anyway, so we are, we're talking about it, you know, and I said, you know, I'm, he has it up for 17995 Um, I'm not opposed to giving him like 17 or 175 Uh, but you know, this paint is pretty bad on these three, these three spots. I'm pretty pissed off at this point that he's not told me about, he didn't tell me about the front bumper. I had to see it. Uh, but he told me it was an eight and a half when I talked to him on the phone, right? He told me about the trunk. Okay. No big deal. You know, he said he bought a new trunk, right? Go and look at it. It's not a new trunk. It's just, it's, or it's a new trunk, but it's not a real BMW trunk, right? Uh, he didn't tell me that the rear bumper had been painted. Um, and also the, the paint job is terrible absolutely god awful and so jason and i are talking and of course we talk about the center console coming up in my hand um it's just little things right you know of course the tires he didn't tell me that the tires were dry rotted when i uh talked to him on wednesday i mean every he was painting this perfect picture car was perfect he's doing this he's selling it only at eighteen thousand because you know he's a great human being right so um it's just it's one thing after another it seems like right even though the mechanically the car was sound obviously not perfect but it was sound it was it was plenty good you know because things will undoubtedly eventually go wrong you know uh you own a car for six months you know if it's 17 or, or 20 years old it something's gonna come up right and i had anticipated a lot of this stuff but I knew that I was going to have to reinforce the subframe. That's going to be two or three thousand dollars, right? Because um, I'm not going to do that by myself because it's crazy. I mean, it's so much work would, that would go into it. I don't have a lift, you know, all that stuff. I have to send the uh, sample off of the oil for the rod bearings, and what if you know they they it comes back and they say, you know what, you could stand to change them, right? So I look up the price of that, and it's you know that's another eight hundred bucks, right? Um, that's not including, uh, labor. 
So, you know, maybe $1,500 or $2,000 just for that. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, $1,500 to $2,000 for paint on the car. And then, you know, you think about um, the fact that, you know, if I want to change the hoses and the belts and all the rubber, you know, with the uh, uh, seals and stuff like that, it's probably going to be another $2,000, right? Luckily, the, the brakes felt pretty strong. But the I'm assuming it was the first owner, the main owner, he painted the, the brake calipers this ugly, just red, right? They were just red, but they're just, the E46 M3 had ugly calipers, right? So it just, it stood out. It was just ugly and it, was, it didn't look right. So, all right. So I'm like, you know what? Okay. Jason and I come up with a bottom line figure of, look, 16.5 is where we'd prefer to, where I would prefer to be, but you know, we'll, maybe I'll go to 17 or 17.5, you know? Uh, the guy had told me that he had some coilovers that he hadn't put on the car that he'd be willing to sell with the car. Okay. Maybe 17.5, you know, we'll, I'll walk away. I'm, I'm not too disappointed, right? At 17.5 or 17, but 16, 16.5 would be probably a little bit more appropriate. You know, don't forget, I gotta get, I gotta fix that ECU DME fan. And that was chirping. Uh, rather loudly as I was driving back to the guy's house. I text him and I say, Hey, I'm finally on my way back from the dealership. Uh, be at your place in like, you know, 15 minutes. He said, okay, no problem. I'm about 30 minutes away. I've been out, you know, okay, no problem. And I thought, you know, this guy's been really nice to me. Uh, letting me just take this car basically for an entire day, letting it sit at a dealership, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to put, you know, some gas in it. I drove it, you know, I put, you know, a few miles on it from the previous day. And then obviously driving it to the dealership and back to his house, uh, I'm going to stop and put, you know, a few gallons of gas in it. Right. As a, as a thank you. Well, I, uh, um, oh, I forgot earlier in the, earlier that morning, he said, well, I'll pay for half of the PPI. Cause he, he had agreed to pay for half of the PPI. Right. And, and I, I told him, I, you know, I wanted to personally do, I wanted to have the compression and the leak down test done. And he said that was fine. And so I wasn't going to ask him for half of that. And I said, uh, but I was willing to give him a down payment. And I said, uh, you know, to kind of, you know, make the car pending sale, of course. Right. And then he said he was, he was willing to pay half of the PPI. And he said he would take the, um, he would be willing to take that, you know, you know, hundred dollars or whatever, just to make it pending. And, you know, if the, he would put that towards the PPI, what, whatever. I can't remember exactly how we talked about it, but anyway, so, um, oh no, he said if the car was a turd, he would obviously give that back to me. Right. I was like, okay, great. You know, fantastic. So I told him Friday morning, Hey, I don't want you to pay for half the PPI because look, all this stuff I've budgeted for this. It's not ideal, but I want to spend it, you know, for my peace of mind. And I want you to see that this is my investment in the car, right? I want you to see that I am serious about this, that this is my actual investment in this car. He's okay, great. You know, I understand. Thank you. That's, that's fantastic. Right. So anyway, I'm leaving the dealership. I'm going back to his house and I go to a gas station right off the highway, right near his house. And, uh, it, it is about the storm, but I think I have a few more minutes, right? So I'm going to get gas in this car. I get out of the car. I, uh, can't open the, the fuel door. It's not opening. 
not not pressing can't press it not popping open can't get my fingers in there not popping open okay well i know that there is a fuel door emergency fuel door opener in the trunk well as soon as i'm about to do that all hell breaks loose with the ring i mean it out of nowhere goes from skies you know like kind of cloudy and gray to pitch black and the heavens open a you know um a hurricane is coming through, you know, of rain. I'm like, oh God, no. I have dry rotted tires. <laughs> this is not good, right? Um, okay, so I get back in the car. Luckily, it's just a little under a half a tank, right? Uh, it's about halfway between a half a tank and a, and a quarter of a tank. So plenty of mileage left right and says it's like 130 miles left okay so obviously i can get to his house it's like five miles away but i don't want to drive with dry rotted tires i'm a little bummed out that the gas cap isn't opening so i as i'm driving i'm i'm thinking about this and i'm just thinking about you know the gas cap it's a little spring i know people who have had that spring go bad right and it's a little little tab spring thing. I can't exactly tell you what exactly it is, but I know it's like 10 or 12 bucks. It can't be expensive, right? And I'm just, I'm driving back to this guy's house and I'm, <laughs> I'm getting pissed off because I'm thinking about all the things that he didn't tell me about. And I'm thinking about the fact that this car has sat for how long with a broken fuel door that doesn't open. He hasn't put gas in how long. He's told me that he, you know, he's had it for a year, but he hasn't even put like a thousand miles on it, right? I look at all the information. He's put like 600 and some odd miles on the car. So under 700 in a year. The uh, registration obviously hasn't been paid up on the car, you know? So the vehicle taxes haven't been paid. And he just kept telling me it's no big deal because I can go to the DMV, you know, and, and I can go you know, get the, get the title. It's like 70 bucks. It's not a big deal to get a replacement title and the, the stickers and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking maybe on Friday while I'm doing all this stuff, he knows I'm serious. I'm about to pay $700 for all this shit. I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm just imagining that he probably went out and he probably went and got the title. Cause there's a new DMV right around the corner. Um, that you show them all the information and bada bing, bada boom. They, they print out a title for you right then and there. Right. No wait if you have the proper stuff. So I get back to his house. I back the car into the driveway. Um, I am sitting in my wife's car. She told me to drive her GLI there to leave it at his house. She didn't want me to leave my Shelby there all day long. She just, you know, was rather worried about that. You know, just sit, it's just sitting there, you know, at some guys, some random person's house. And I'm just, again, I called my brother and I'm like, so the fuel filled door, fuel door wouldn't open. And he's like, what the hell? So we're kind of laughing and joking about that. And I'm just like, you know, it's just, I'm starting to talk myself out of this car. You know, I'm getting frustrated of all these things. And I'm like, oh God, you know, it's just because once one or two tiny things start to pop up, that's when bigger things start to leak, you know, bigger things start to happen. Right. And the thing was, he kept telling me the whole time, the car is, mechanically, the car is perfect. You won't find a better car in this country. And I'm like, oh, okay, damn, this is a serious, serious thing, right? Uh, he's saying it won't find a better car in the country, um, especially not at this price, right? 
And, you know, the whole time on Thursday and Friday, he is sending me screenshots of pictures and, and, um, of videos of people. He also has it on cars.com and people out of state wanting to buy the car and, you know, from Colorado and Virginia and all this shit. Right. And he's sending me, he's like, Oh man, you know, I have no doubt you're getting, you know, one of the best, if not the best, you know, E46 M3s in the country and blah, blah, blah. He's trying to sell me another one of his cars to, you know, to buy both of them at the same time. And I'm like, no, I really just want the one that's, that's all, you know, I appreciate it, but I only have this much to spend and I'm not looking to spend. He's trying to give me, you know, the E46 and another car for uh 30 grand. I'm like, no, I don't, don't want to do that. Um, just not interested. Right. Uh, and he's telling me, I, oh, he doesn't want to have to sell the other car, but he's, you know, he, he needs to, and you know, he should, and he's going to hate it cause he's going to regret it. It's his favorite car, blah, blah. Right. So, okay. You know, whatever. It's great. You know, it's, I mostly just ignored it, you know, in the sense that I replied to him, but I was nice and cordial and just, you know, thank you, but not interested, you know, just, it was all, it was all over the place. Right. I mean, I think he sent me four or five, uh, screenshots and screen recordings of people sending him, is this car still available? Is this car still available? Is this car still available? And he's like, you know, I just, you know, God, I don't want to have to deal with out of state buyers. And I'm like, okay, you know, look, look, dude, <laughs> I'm not buying the car now. You know, I got to have the car looked at, right? I was, again, it was nice. It was cordial. Um, but I, I understand he's trying to sell a car, but you know, I'm trying to make sure that I get, you know, a full understanding of what the car is going to be when I own it for at least the first year. Right. And he seems understanding, right? No big deal. Get back to his house. I'm sitting there. I'm waiting. I talk to my brother I hang up and he pulls up and, uh, we talked for a minute. Uh, and I said, okay, you know, he said, well, how'd the, how'd the, the, uh, how'd the, the, how to go with performing the test. And I said, you know, everything looks good. Um, you know, they said it was mechanically sound, it's good car, right? And he said, great. See, I told you, man, I told you, I was very confident. You know, I was like, yeah, you were confident and that's excellent. You know, I really appreciate you letting me take it for that long. I apologize. It took, it took so long, but you know, what is your bottom line value in this car? What, what do you want out of this car? What's the absolute bottom dollar price? And he, he just looks at me and says, I won't take a penny less or a dollar less, sorry, a dollar less than 18,000. Now keep in mind, he has the car up for 17,995 and he has told me that he will not take a dollar less than 18,000. Okay. You know, whatever. He's told me before that uh, he told me on Wednesday that he had the car up for 22,5, but it didn't sell. And with the coronavirus, he decided to put it down at 18,000. So he's already discounted, discounted it or 17,995. So he's already discounted it. Um, $4,505, right? Um, in, I don't know how much time, I don't know when he tried to sell it at 22.5. So I then, uh, say, okay, you know, and he said, you know, mechanically it's perfect. I was like, well, I didn't say perfect. I said it was mechanically sound. It was good. I would still need to do a few things. I still need to send off oil for the rod bearings to check those out, but everything seems okay. You know? And he said, what about Vanos? And I said, well, I have to crack it open. Uh, the mechanic told me he didn't hear anything and I, I didn't hear the typical Vanos issues sound, you know, I didn't, I didn't experience it while driving it. Um, 
So I assume that it was either addressed or that it just hasn't happened, right? Uh, hasn't had an issue yet. And he said, okay. And he just kept saying that the car was perfect. I'm like, it's not perfect. And please understand. I was like, please, no, I'm not trying to offend you with any of this, but I would like to, to show you why I don't think it's worth $18,000, AKA $17,995. I show him the front bumper. I show him the, the trunk and the rear bumper. And I'm talking to him about the, the paint and how bad of a paint job it is on the trunk and the bumper. Also earlier in the day, uh, so on Thursday, I had asked him, do you think that the shop that did the painting on the car, do you think they still have the trunk? And he said, oh, no, definitely not. That, you know, Because I asked him if he had it, and he said, no, I, he left it at the shop. Do you think they still have it? No, definitely not. Okay. Well, fast forward to Friday, and he, t- he sends me a random text. says, hey, by the way, I talked to my buddy uh, uh, who did the painting. He has the trunk in his garage, in his home garage, apparently. So that leads me to believe that this guy has done the work because he said he did it on the side. That leads me to believe that he did it at his home in his garage, which would obviously explain why there's trash, dirt, debris, shit under the paint. So I tell him, I said, hey, um, now this is actually a lie, but I told him that a friend uh, who is a the guy who paints my dad's classic cars. Now, this is a real person. This is just but this is just a lie. Um, and I said, he works right around the corner, which is true. And he knew, uh, knew, he knows I'm buying a car. So he came around on his lunch break to check out the car again, not true. Um, and he told me that it would be a minimum of $1,500 to paint the, the both bumpers and the trunk. Right. I was like, you know, okay, thank you. And so I tell him this and he's like, well, you know, you know, it is what it is. It's still a cheap car. You know, it's mechanically, it's perfect. I'm like, it's not mechanically perfect. It's mechanically sound. Okay. And I open up the trunk and I said, by the way, this is not an OEM BMW trunk. Show me where the BMW OEM stamp is. And he said, well, I, I just bought it off a car at a junkyard. Or he said, I just bought it and we put it on. I said, where'd you buy it from? And he said, I bought it off out of a junkyard. Well, I know that's a lie because otherwise it would have had an M3 badge and it would have had a lip spoiler. Um, but also more so it would not have had uh, just like a, a a stray paint job underneath of the trunk. When you open it up, it looked like hell. So, and I said, well, there's also creases in the trunk, you know, like like the trunk has been, something has been dropped on it uh, in shipment or something like that. And uh, I, I'm just like, you know, this is a disappointment. It's not even real. And he goes, oh man, I thought it was real. And I'm like, no, you didn't. You didn't care. And I said, by the way, did you paint the rear bumper? And he said, oh, yeah, 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 I did have that repainted, yeah, to match. And I was like, yeah, okay, there's there's shit in the paint of this bumper, too. And I said, now, are you lying to me? Did you paint the front bumper that way? And he said, no, 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 I really didn't. And we go around to it, and I said, you know, okay, that's fine. All right, so you painted the trunk and the rear bumper. And he said, yeah. He said, I've been thinking this texturized thing, it, it, it reminds me of, I said, yeah, 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 I know, like the GTR guys. He said, yeah, yeah, the texture, yeah. And I was like, yeah, like like that. And so I'm telling him, I'm showing him the interior, and I said, look, you know that I would have rather had a Harman Kardon sound system, but look, it's not here, that's fine. But, you know, I tell him about the center console, and I, you know, sat there and, you know, uh, made sure it fit properly, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, so I'm sorry, man, but, you know, the best I'm going to have to offer is 16.5. And he's like, oh, man, that's that's not cool, I'm I'm not going to take that. 
I can't take that. This is the best car in the country at this price. And I'm like, it's a good car. Um, but I feel like you've lied to me about a lot of things. Um, I feel like there is a, there's potentially things that are unsaid, you know, and I'm talking to him and, and just, it's not what he's saying. It's what he isn't saying. That's telling, that's speaking volumes to me. I talked to him about the, the little, uh, ECU blower and he's like, well, I mean, that's, you know, I was with you when it happened. So I would obviously replace that. I'm like, yeah, that's not the point. The point is that it's little things that will start to add up and they will start to go wrong. You know? And I told him about the, the, um, the gas cap and he goes, Oh yeah, man, I'm, uh, or the fuel filler door. I mean, and he said, Oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry that that happened. You know, but I mean, honestly, he said, I haven't filled the car up more than like maybe once or twice. You know, he said, I haven't really put gas in it. And I was like, I know because of the miles that are on it. And I said, that's also something that scares me and worries me. I said, I have a, I have, you know, an estimate from the dealership to spend about $2,000 on all of the belts and hoses and, and rubber on the car. And, um, and I'm like, so already I'm out if you count the paint. And I said, I'm going to just take the tires out of this equation. I said, that's 800 bucks, but I'm going to take it out of the equation. I said, but $1,500 for the paint and $2,000 for, you know, belts, hoses, and rubber. I said, that's, that's 3,500 bucks, you know? And I said, and then you start adding in the fan blower. I was like, that's another, you know, 3,620 bucks. And, oh, and that's right. I forgot the rear view mirror, the rear view mirror, the dimming solution inside of it was fully engulfed, had fully engulfed the rear view mirror which means that at any moment it's going to leak in the interior, right? That's a hundred bucks, maybe like 120 bucks, 110 bucks, whatever after shipping. And I tell them that, and I'm like, you know, that is, look, it's an easy, it's an easy fix, but it's something that has to be done. It's more stuff, you know? So that's, you know, 2,700 and like $40 or $50, right? And I said, the, the gas tank, you know, that's, that's another 10 or 12 bucks. I was like, hey, you know, you're looking at, you know, like that's almost $3,000 right there. And I'm like, so you want not a dollar less than 18 and I'm offering you 16 five because of all the work that I'm going to have to do to correct the fact that it's been sitting. And he's like, look, man, I had it up for 22 five. I know that it's worth 22 five. And I said, I can tell you why it's not worth 22 five. And this is, Again, this is another lie because <laughs> I, I told him, I said, look, what you don't know about me is that I used to be a car salesman. I said, this is my, this is my area where I live. You know, I love this stuff. I love what the market is and understanding the market and valuing the market. I love playing with this stuff. Right. And I said, this is, this is my, this is my game, man. I love this. I love cars. I love all of this. And I had told him that, um, that I had a guy that had sent me pictures of another M3. It was a 2000, I think I said a 2004, 2005 that uh, he had sent me paint depth pictures, pictures of paint depth showing that the paint was perfect on his car. And I said, and he has like 80,000 miles and he wants, I said, do you know how much he wants? He said, I don't know. I said, 22,000. I said, he wants $22,000 for a better car than yours. And you tell me that your cars were $500 more. And I said, tell me why your car is worth $500 more. And he said, because it's mechanically perfect. And I said, it's not mechanically perfect. I've told you that already. And I said, it's mechanically sound. And I pull out the paperwork. I did not show it to him and I did not give it to him, but the paperwork for the PPI and the leak down test and the compression test. And I said, I've just spent $726.23 
And I said, I've invested time, money, and energy into this car. You're not even willing to take $700 off the car. And he said, no, I'm not. And I was like, wow, wow. You're not even willing to try and meet me in a situation where you take off, you know, it's 17.2, right? $17,200 or $17,300. You're not even going to meet me there. He said, no, I'm not. Because I know this car is worth twenty two five, and you're getting a deal at, at 18. And I'm like, and he has it on cars.com for 19. And he's like, all these, he's trying to show me all these people. And I said, I don't care about them. I don't care about them. They're not here. Those are hypothetical sales. They're not here with a check. They're not here with cash. They're not even here in this state. It will take them days, maybe weeks to actually be able to get here. And when they do, you're not going to tell them the stuff beforehand and they're going to come here and they're going to feel like their time has been wasted because the paint is shit. You told me it was an eight and a half. It's not an eight and a half. You've lied to me. You didn't tell me about the tires before we drove or uh, until we were about to drive it until I was looking at them and you saw my face like, what the hell? You didn't tell me about these things. And it was, it was getting more and more irritating. And I was being cordial. I was being nice. I wasn't cussing at him. I wasn't being an asshole. Uh, I mean, I probably was being an asshole by his, by his, uh, his, uh, in his, you know, sense of the word, because, uh, I was offering him 16.5 on a car he wanted 18 for, right? And I'm just like, man, and he's he's like, well, you know, you're going to get a car that's perfect. And I said, I'm not getting a car that's perfect. I've already got to spend more than $3,500. And I said, that's not counting the work that I'm going to have to do in the subframe. And I said, but that's my that's my job. That's my job. I got I to gotta do that. I said, but, you know, you could have done that. You could have done that as the new owner. You could have put the work in to make sure that the subframe was perfect. And I said, you didn't have a pre-purchase. You didn't have an inspection done. You didn't have a leak down test or a compression test. You didn't have any of this stuff done. You didn't show me any of this stuff. And I was getting more and more frustrated. And I just said, I finally said, you know, I, I have a feeling that the reason why you don't have the stickers and you can't find the title for this license plate or for this car is because you haven't paid the vehicle taxes. And I said, I have a theory that because you didn't go, you didn't bother even going to the DMV today to, to get a replacement title, knowing that I was willing to buy the car today, today. I said, you didn't do it because you owe money on it. And they're withholding the title from you because you haven't paid the money for it. And I said, I have a feeling that we're going to go down to the DMV to buy this car and I'm going to be on the hook to pay your, your damn taxes and registration on it. And he didn't say anything. Again, it's not what he said. It's what he didn't say. That spoke volumes to me, right? It's a frustrating situation because I don't dislike the guy. And I, I told him probably a dozen times, I don't hate you. I don't dislike you, but I think this is crap. You know, th- this is a little shady. There are things that you didn't tell me that I had to find out on my own. And that's not something I want to do when I'm buying a car. And I told him, this is my fun investment. And he goes, man, you could turn around and sell this car. If you do, you know, the paint, you're going to be able to turn around this car and sell it for 22 or 23. And I said, that's not what I'm trying to do. I told you, this is my fun investment. This is my fun car now. And maybe later will be my investment. And I said, I'm keeping this car until my legs don't work. And he, he chuckled. 
And he just kept trying to show me cars on cars.com. This is the cheapest car. I, said, I don't care about them. They're not here. I'm not there. I'm not trying to buy their cars. I don't know what's wrong with their cars that would that would make it worth less or more. I don't know. And so I'm just, again, getting increasingly frustrated and trying my best to be the nicest person and just continue to tell him that I do like him. He's a nice guy. But what the hell, man? You've lied to me. You've told me half-truths. You tried to get one over on me. And I don't like that. I don't like that. I'm not... You could have been honest about everything, and this could have gone wildly differently you know so it's just it's these things and he just kept saying about the, all these other people and I'm like they're not here I don't deal in hypotheticals and then he said you know it's like if you bought the car and the insurance company you crashed it and the insurance company only wanted to give you 16.5 for the car and he said you'd be pissed and I said yes Cause I, and he said, because you know it's worth more. And I said, yes, because of all the work that I would have done to make sure it was worth the money. So yes, I would have been pissed if I'd gotten 16.5. Yes. I said, but here's the thing. You were talking about hypotheticals. You're talking about hypothetically I could buy this car and crash it tomorrow and only get 16.5 for it. I said, that's not a hypothetical. I, I deal in the real. I'm here in your driveway offering you real money not a hypothetical not hypothetical money not two weeks from now not six weeks from now not six months from now now right this minute and at this point it's like five o'clock and i'm like you know we can't even go to the bank right now but we can work out a deal he didn't want to work out a deal he said he just kept saying he will not take a dollar less than 18 which was annoying the shit out of me because I'm very technically minded. And he kept saying a dollar less than not a dollar less than 18. And he had it up for 17,995. <laughs> so obviously he wanted $5 less than, than 18,000, but he wouldn't, he now has gone up in his value by $4 or no, by $5. Cause he said he wouldn't take a dollar less. And so it's just, it's the, it's the add on. It's the piling on of things. Right. And it's so damn frustrating. And I told him, I said, look, I'm leaving town Monday morning. I leave at 10 a.m. And I said, you have until 10 a.m. I was getting in my car and I said, you have until 10 a.m. to call me Monday or to call me. You want to work out a deal? Call me by 10 a.m. Monday. I'm going down. Um, I'm, go I'm going out of town. I got to go out of town. I'm going to look at another M3. Uh, a friend of a friend is selling his E46 M3. You know, I'm going to go check it out. This was not, this is not true. I'm not going, I'm going out of town, but I'm not going to check out another M3. Just putting the pressure on him, right? But he had told me probably 10 minutes before that, something that absolutely made my blood boil. And he said, I will stick this car in the garage. Because I said, you won't sell this car to any of those people out of town. When they get here and they see the same problems that I've been faced with, different story you're not getting 18 or 19 for this car from those people because if they're fans if they love this car they know and i had told him look you're valuing your car because of perfect cars that have been for sale and bring a trailer not because of real world values right now 
And he said, you're just trying to take advantage of me because of the coronavirus. I said, no. Yes, in the sense that I'm I'm trying to take advantage of the of of the timing, you know, to go find the right car. But I'm not trying to take advantage of you because of the coronavirus, because it doesn't matter because the money I'm spending isn't going to be any less because of the coronavirus. I still have to spend, you know, top dollar to get the car fixed and repaired and, and you know, taken care of. And he said to me that if he doesn't sell it, it doesn't matter. Because this car really, it's not, it doesn't really do anything for him. He likes it, but it's just not his favorite car. I was like, and it is my favorite car. And he said, I'm just going to, you know, I don't have a problem just sticking it in the garage and just letting it sit there until somebody's ready to buy it. And that made, that drove me nuts. And I said, I know that you'd love to do that. I said, because you haven't put more than 700 miles in this car and you've had it for a year. And I said, that really pisses me off. I said, because you've had this car for a year and you haven't put 700 miles on it. It is an, it is an E46 M3 is an exceptional car to drive, right? And I said, you've had this car for a year. You haven't put 700 miles on it. And you haven't even filled it up with gas and God only knows how long. I said, and the center console came up in my, in my fingertips because I was putting up a window. And I said, and I spent 10 minutes to make sure that it's, sit, it's sitting properly and perfect. I said, go get in your car now. Pull up on it. I said, it'll actually take you a minute to really get it up. Because I made sure it's fitting properly and perfectly. I said, I took 10 minutes. And I spent $726.23 on your car today. As a, as a potential, you know, as an investment in your car as a potential sale. I said, I've spent more time and money to make sure your car is perfect than you have in a year. And I said, you're going to tell me that you want to sit this car in a garage. And I said, you're, you're being foolish. I said, because now you're just trying to spite me, someone who loves this car, who is obsessed with this car. I said, I want this car. I want an E46 M3. And I said, you're going to park it in that driveway or that garage. And I said, somebody's going to come in two weeks, three weeks, six months, whatever. And I said, it's going to cost you $1,500 right off the top. I said, because the, the blower for the DME won't work. The rear view mirror will have leaked in the interior and, and damaged the interior, ruined something. And I said, the battery will be dead. And I said, in the car, just the, the tires would be even more dead and dry rotted. And I said, you'd rather let a brilliant car go to waste because you can't handle the truth. You know, I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. And so that's, that was basically where we left it. I mean, as I was getting in the car, I told him, I said, look, you know, I like you. I do. You can text me. We can be friendly and cordial. That's not a problem. And I said, but I, usually I said, when I'm done, I'm done. I'm out. I said, but you have till Monday morning, at 10 AM. I'll give you that. I said, because even if we worked out a deal, we wouldn't be able to go to the bank or the DMV or anything today or this weekend. 
And I said, but I'll tell you, if I don't hear from you 10 a.m. Monday morning or by 10 a.m., I said, I don't want to hear about this car ever again from you. And he said, well, I think when you call me in two weeks, I said, oh, no, 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 no. See, you think you'll hear from me in two weeks. And I said, I know for a fact you will never hear from me about this car. And I said, I left him and I said, I genuinely hope that you sell this car for 18000 I really do. And I said, I, you know what? I am telling you right now, when you do, send me a text with a picture of the check to gloat. Go right ahead. I said, I will welcome it. Because you have proved me wrong that you could sell this car. And I said, I look, if you can sell it for eighteen, great. Good for you. I'm happy for you. I said, I wish you no ill will. I said, I don't hate you. I have nothing against you. But you tried to get one out from me and I just wasn't interested. And so I, I left. I pulled away. I haven't talked to him. But I've decided even if he calls me Monday, you know, when you guys are hearing this, uh, which is Monday the 22nd, even if he calls, I'm out. I'm not interested anymore. You know, I'm not interested even at 16.5 with the work that would need to go into it. I'm done. I'm taking the money that I had saved up for this car that I put together for it. And I'm going to invest it. I'm going to reinvest it. Put it in something, and uh, I'm going to uh, to play the stock market a little bit, invest in a few things, see if I can make a few dollars, and if I can make a few more dollars, maybe I'll maybe six months or a year from now or two years from now, maybe I'll go and buy an E46 M3. Maybe, I don't know. But this experience with this gentleman, he has ruined my. I, I love that car. I lust after an E46 M3. And this is why I don't get serious about things. You know, why I stay half-hearted, right? Because of moments like these where I have to, I have to put blood, sweat, and tears into, I mean, I, I, I did more work with this car in three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And yesterday, I mean, or uh, this uh, last week was a, was a stressful week, right? Because of my cat. And my wife said to me at lunch on Thursday before I went and saw the car, she, I said, so what do you think? And she said, you know, I'm not used to you actually taking this stuff. So you look at it, you get interested, and then you just kind of, uh, too many options. Screw it. Forget about it. Fuck it. It's not worth it. Whatever. I can spend the money elsewhere. You know, it's more, you know, money can go do something better. And she said, I honestly didn't think you'd actually go through with it. That's why I told you to go. And yeah, I pushed you so hard because she said, I didn't think you'd do it. <laughs> but uh, I looked at the car. I'd called my brother, of course. And he said, you know, you made, I think you made the right decision. Uh, talked to my dad. He said, I think you made the right decision. My mom said, I think you made the right decision. My wife said they, she thought I made the right decision. And everybody said the same thing. I'm surprised you didn't cave. Because they know that I am a soft, sensitive man. That when somebody gives me a sob story, I'm like, oh. But see, I told them, I probably would have caved if he had been honest with me. If he had been honest and said, look, I've invested too much money in this car and I can't afford to get go any lower. And there's a possibility I would have caved. Because honesty is something that I respect. And in a situation where, look, and I told him. I told him I had 23 to spend on a car. For everything I actually had 25 right but I told him I said look you know that's for 
maintenance. That's for, you know, whatever work needs to be done to make sure it's perfect to enjoy it. That's for paint. That's for potential things that I might want to change on it. So, yeah, the moral of the story is know when to walk away. Just know when to walk away. If it's not right, if your gut is telling you something, I told people this all the time when I sold cars and after the fact too, when people would tell me about this deal or that deal, this car, that car. I'd say the same thing every time. Trust your gut. If your gut's telling you it's wrong, it's wrong. If your gut's telling you it feels good, it feels good. My gut, it it was like, hey, it's good, but let's wait for the you know the final say from the mechanic. And then, as dumb as it sounds, that fucking fuel filler door is what got me. That was the that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. That was it, the fucking fuel filler door, of all things. I just thought such an easy fix. And he didn't even care to do that. And I started thinking about that center piece. Rearview mirror. The tires. The paint. He told me that the guy did a great job on the trunk. Uh, what? Was, was he painting it at night with no light on? Did you look at it at night with no lights on? Fuck. It's terrible. So, again, moral of the story, trust your gut. Know when to walk away. Um, and since he has changed the price on Craigslist, he has bumped it up $1,000 to be eighteen nine ninety-five. Um... And he has said that uh, he does not want anybody to waste his time. <laughs> Which I think is absolutely hilarious. I mean, he literally wasted my time. Um, and I know that, you know, I'm going to get chastised for this because people are going to tell me, well, it's worth more than 18. It's definitely worth 18. I'm telling you, in this situation, I mean, we can talk about how, you know, the market is on these cars, but... I'm telling you, these cars just aren't, they're just not there right now. Even though they say they are, you know, Bring a Trailer has shown us that the market is there. But I'm telling you, there are hundreds of cars for sale. And they, you know, especially with all the SMG cars and all the convertibles. God, convertibles and SMG cars aren't worth shit because they're both terrible to drive. You can tell me that you get used to the SMG all you want, but I've driven it and it's terrible. I don't want to get used to that. I don't want to, I don't want terrible. I don't want to get used to terrible. I don't want to have to do that. Anyway, so the interesting thing is he has he still says that he's excuse me, I'm hiccuping now. Um he's willing to cover half of the cost of a pre-purchase inspection at a local BMW dealership, right? Uh for a serious buyer. But, but he's also added zero subframe issues, zero issues with Vanos and valves, and updated rod bearings. Well, I don't know that there are zero issues with the Vanos. It's just, it, there wasn't an issue in that moment, right? 
uh, updated rod bearings. Obviously, that doesn't. I mean, he's. It's funny because I I told him a tiny bit of information about the compression leak down test and the PPI, and he's going to use that now as as trying to you know sell it. Uh, he added that about four hours or about an hour or whatever after I left, a couple hours after I left. Um, the pictures of the car do not show any of the paint issues. Um, it's very interesting. I mean, he purposely has photographed the car to show nothing, to make sure you can't see a damn thing on the car. So I find that very, very interesting. Um, but yeah, you know what? I, better luck to him. You know, I hope he does sell it, you know, and gets his money out of it. I do. I don't begrudge him. I don't hate him. But, you know, this is just my story. And uh, 100% true. Very honest about this. So, uh, yeah. If I weren't being honest, if it weren't true, I wouldn't have told you that I spent $726.23 to check the car out completely top to bottom inside and out because I know people are going to email me going you spent almost $800 you spent over $700 at a car dealership to have this shit done you could have done this in your yard yes I know I could have but I didn't have the time didn't have the time I don't have the I know the the stuff is cheap to do a compression uh, leak down test I didn't have the time didn't have the stuff and I didn't want to make the time. I didn't want to spend the weekend trying to do this stuff. I just would have rather just get it done by professionals, right, in that moment. I was willing to buy this car Friday. And I honestly would have gone up to 17 or 17.5. I really, really would have. If he had said, hey, you know what? You spent a lot of money on this car. You've, you've obviously spent it. You obviously want this car. You love it. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll meet you. You know, um, I'll take off, you know, half of the, you know, PPI compression test and leak down test. I'll, I'll meet you halfway with that. I'll give you 17.5. You know? Okay. I might've, I might've caved. I really might have. And I would have come home with an E46 M3. And I would have been very, very happy and then extremely depressed at writing all the checks to fix all the shit that shouldn't have been an issue. So, whoo, what a whirlwind of a story, right? And so after this, I mean, it's been, you know, I've been talking to you about this for an hour and a half. Holy shit. Um, and there's still a few tiny nuggets to the story that I don't want to tell because they're just a little bit, uh, they could lead to potential issues because of, you know, I, it would potentially, somebody could be listening that would know who this person is. I don't want to do that. I don't want to disparage the, the person. I really don't. Uh, I'm, I'm not here to do that, but I'm just here to be honest and let you know, know when to walk away. All right. So with that, I'm going to leave it uh, for today. Thank you for listening as always. And just remember, every Monday morning when you wake up, put some good old-fashioned freeze-dried Folgers in your cup and listen to the Raw Otis podcast. And as always, happy motoring.
don't stop me.